He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? All right, welcome everybody to the Anthony Irwin Show. I'm Anthony Irwin. Uh, today I'm joined, look, the Lakers acquired Russell Westbrook. I was trying to think of people who might share the, a similar experience to those of us who are getting ready to root for Russell Westbrook. So today's guest is Michael Sykes uh, of For the Win. He has a show called Special Delivery and also a Substack uh, called The Kicks You Wear. Uh, Mike, how you doing, bud? I'm good, man. Thank you for, for having me. Appreciate it. You know, I'm just trying to keep up with the... Uh... With, with all the NBA happenings right now. We are, we're recording this uh, right now. It is one o'clock my time, central time. We are about four hours away from free agency really kicking off. Of course, no NBA teams have spoken to any free agents. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so we have no idea what we're getting ourselves into. Uh, but yeah, I kind of wanted to start here. So I, I was thinking about you know, talking to somebody who rooted for Russ, like with the thunder, right? Like he, they, they spent the most time with them. And then maybe it was, maybe I wanted to talk to somebody who uh, rooted for the rockets because it's a similar kind of dynamic with James Harden, having the ball and LeBron James having the ball. Um, but I actually think Russ as a member of the Washington wizards was super interesting because that was some of the, the best basketball I think Russ has played in a little while, but also some of the most infuriating from some of the games that I was watching. So I just want to get, I just want to get a feel for like, what was the experience of rooting for Russell Westbrook? It was, it was just wild, honestly. <laughs> I mean, from day one, it was just, yeah. it was, it was quite an experience, man. Like, because I mean, one like you have Russ coming in right off of the the John Wall trade, and John Wall is like the he's he's the face of Washington basketball for mm -hmm. the last decade, right? And so like automatically, you have people, including myself, who are just like, what what what's going on here? Like, why is this a, why is this a thing? Like, why does this even make sense to like trade away your the face of your your franchise for the last decade for for this guy who might not even want to even be here you mm -hmm. know and and so like it it took a while um for a lot of people to to warm up to us and and it was like it was strange because you knew he was coming off of that quad injury right and like he started the first half of the season extremely slow like if you look um pre-all-star break and post-all-star break it's like two different players yeah. right so like we're getting this rust that is shooting like 39% and putting up like these wild triple doubles. And it's like, you want to be happy about it, but it's like, ah, the wizards, they, they're not any better. Like there's <laughs> the team's not really improving. And then like, yeah. they go on the second half run and it's like, wow, like this dude, like you, you can really see, um, sort of the, the, the player that he was, you know, during that like two month stretch in Houston mm -hmm. or, you know, most of his time in, in OKC, it's like, wow, that's the guy that you really um, want to see. But it was like, also, is, is this like who Russ is now or was he the mm -hmm. Russ that that you saw before? And it, it was just kind of 
hot and cold the the entire time and, and so so it was really it was really strange honestly <laughs> I, I i think that's a perfect summary of it because you see this guy he i think should go down as one of the most talented point guards that the league has ever seen right one of if not the most athletic point guard the nba has ever seen uh an incredible passer uh it just insane will for the game and hunger for the game and 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 one of the most competitive players that we've ever seen and like if you just describe a player as that everybody's like oh yeah give, give me that give guy. me that. that that sounds great <laughs> right uh, but but then also you see some of the most frustrating basketball where he was playing alongside kevin durant and and he and and russ was taking a lot of the shots down the stretches of those games and he plays with James Harden and they did help him play some incredible basketball, especially when they had him basically play center, like a version of center. Yeah. And, uh, and even there he looked great and he walks away from that and saying like, actually, I think we should get back to rust basketball. And it's like, huh? All right. And then he goes, <laughs> he goes to, to Washington. And like, you're saying it was two completely different Russes over the course of that season. And, and it is just a crazy weird wild experience what am i getting myself into with rust stands because i've already had oh my god <laughs> oh already, my god <laughs> i've already had some experience with this and uh just based off of my introduction it's it's not the best yeah it's definitely not pleasant it's definitely not pleasant i'll tell you <laughs> like you you literally cannot tweet anything about rust that is not like rust is the goat yeah New Russell, Oscar. Russell, Russell Goldbrook, like just tweet that and <laughs> and like they'll they'll love you. But like if you tweet anything else, then then you're going to get it like it it was it was really they they really made my Twitter experience this year pretty miserable when talking mm. about the Wizards. And it's like it's not even like they don't really bother you per se as much as it's like you can't really read any other mentions because they're flooding yours. It's like, wow, like y'all are really, y'all are really passionate about this. Like it's, it's even if you make a solid point, like say like, you know, cause like there were times where I like tweet jokes about Russ and like, they'd be like mean jokes, I guess. Not necessarily mean, but like I'm making fun of Russell Westbrook, right. Or whatever yeah. wild play that he just made. Yeah. They're just like, yo, well, John Wall has never been 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 as good as right and i'm like bro i'm not even talking about john wall like we, we, there was actually one time where john wall where, just make that play i i missed yeah, it right <laughs> exactly there was like there was one time where where one of them actually tweeted my old home address to me and oh, i was just like i was just I like what, that. what is what is this like it's like yeah like, like I got that you, too. How'd you even find this? Like, <laughs> that's insane. I'm just like, yo, like, is it really that serious to yeah. tweet this? Like, it's it's just wild. Like, they're they're like, they're just wild, man. Like, I, I really don't know where it comes from or where it started. I, I've never really seen anything like it. It was it was quite an experience. I I tweeted out because the Lakers signed Mac McClung to a uh, to a two way. And I tweeted out that, oh, wow, the Lakers went out and got a guy who sounds like a Russell Westbrook jumper. And (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty funny. Somebody somebody quote tweeted that with uh, two houses ago, my address two houses ago. I was like, oh, okay. That's so creepy. (laughs) That's so creepy. Where did you even get that information from? Uh, but yeah, that was that was wild. I'm 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 actually really interested here because 
you have Laker fans who are obviously very loud and there's a lot of, of us. And then you have LeBron stands who uh, are a, a group of characters in and of themselves. And then you have Russell Westbrook stands. And I'm kind of like, I'm wondering if it's going to look like one of those fight scenes from Anchorman. Or even, yeah, like, uh, yeah, from the office where they're just standing there in a, in a, in a standoff. It's going to be, it's going to be in, insanely fun to watch and also a little depressing. Um, so from watching the the just getting back to the basketball a little bit but watching that dichotomy of russ last season which felt like the the actual russell westbrook like which felt more real to you i don't i don't know i still don't know honestly (laughs) Um, honestly honestly, it's 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 weird because like you get the stretch where he's just like, like, I mean, oh my God, the games against the Pacers where he's just dropping 20, 20 and 20. It's like, yo, like, mm-hmm. dude, you might be the best player ever doing this. <laughs> like, this is, this is insane. Like play like this all the time. And it, and it honestly feels like he can play like that all the time. But then like, there are times when like, he just doesn't, you know? And it's like, like when, when, when they got into the playoffs and they played, the 76ers like you were waiting for that Russ to to just kind of show up and 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 do what he does and he just never really did it and I think mm-hmm. part of that was was the matchup because I mean obviously the 76ers are well more better equipped to to guard Russell Westbrook than than the Indiana Pacers and like that's no disrespect to Malcolm Brogdon but like Malcolm Brogdon and big Ben Simmons like there's a big difference yeah right yeah and um and and so like you're you're waiting for that Russ to show up. He never does. But then like you also hear at the end of the season that like Russell Westbrook played the first half of the year on a torn quad. Which like why would you do that? Why would the Wizards right. allow him to do that? Yeah, that's all. But the like question. you know, it's like is that I don't like I don't I don't know how obviously like that affected him in in a major way. But like I don't know how major it was. Mm-hmm. I guess like it, to to what degree was that hindering your performance you know when because mm-hmm. like you were able to play still so so right. it's like should you have not been on the floor at all like I, I i just i just don't know like honestly by the end of the year i had more questions about russell westbrook's tenure with the wizards than than i had answers for any of the questions that i had when when they first traded for him like it, yeah, those, it was really weird those retroactive injury reports are always really weird to me Cause I don't know what we're supposed to do with them. You know, they do offer some context and, and it is important to know some of that stuff, but if it's a torn quad, how are you walking, let alone playing NBA right. basketball, you know, exactly. And then, and then also like that phrasing could be kind of misleading, right? Because any strain of a muscle is technically a tear. So is it, are we talking like pulled off of the bone because then you definitely can't walk is it like a minor strain because okay i could see somebody like russ potentially playing through something like that i just don't know like unless you're going to offer me a little bit more context i don't really know what we're supposed to do with any of that and we see it basically all the time like you can always we got it with uh the chris paul left hand after the finals uh lebron james like taped up his wrist that one press conference and then you had (laughs) <laughs> you had like Steph Curry telling everybody he's back. And then, Oh, it just so happens that like he was still going through stuff there. It's just, I don't, I don't really know what to do with it. Do you think like, did you see any 
signs of long-term wear and tear with Russ because I'm concerned, you know, Wade played till he was 37. He played a few more years beyond the, where Russ is right now in his career, but it was pretty clear once Wade's athleticism dissipated a little bit, he was a very, very different player. And I'm kind of concerned with Russ. Like, are we going to see a similar decline like that? It where if he shows any, takes any step back athletically, we're talking about a very different player. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the big thing I think last year was that Russ just, he wasn't getting to the rim, honestly, early, especially early on in the season. I think when, when he finished the season, I think something like 30% of his, his field goal attempts came at the rim. Whereas like last year it was closer to like, I think around 46, 47% or mm-hmm. something like that. Like I'm, I'm trying to pull these sets out of my mind from, from a piece <laughs> that I worked on earlier this year, but like, <laughs> but like, it's like that, that's the kind of thing that shows me that, okay, like maybe you don't have the same explosion that uh that that you used to mm-hmm. um you you may you may not be able to to get by players as, as easily and that that's sort of like those numbers sort of um they they sort of confirm what i felt like i saw early on in the season where like russ was definitely struggling to 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 get by guys that i'm like yo you're russell westbrook like you you are the most explosive guy on this court like you should easily Mm-hmm. Uh, be able to to go by these dudes and and it's like there was there was a lot less dunking it felt like mm-hmm. um, from yeah Russ, I know which... I felt like when when I was watching him I, that was one of the things that I noticed too was huh I feel like it's been a while since we saw that Russ goes down the lane and fully extends his right arm and, yeah. and brings down the house on a dunk that wasn't a thing there was like there were there were instances there were stretches of games actually where he just missed point blank layups and I'm like that's Russ is normally finishing that like Mm -hmm. there's got to be something off here with him and that's where I kind of can see like coming into the season he wasn't playing back-to-backs like it was clear that that the injury that that he suffered in Houston in the playoffs like that was that was still something that was bothering him when he got Mm -hmm. here but but like I didn't know you know how much of that was the injury how much of that was him just aging and, and needed to change its game, but like either way, it just wasn't the greatest for uh, for the Wizards. Yeah, his free throw shooting is another like weird anomaly where he was a fantastic free throw shooter early on in his career, and then just like falls forgot off how to shoot. <laughs> yeah, forgot how to shoot. <laughs> it was it was crazy. Uh, the other main question I think Laker fans have heading into a season where you have LeBron James, who's going to have the ball a ton. Uh, heading into a season where you have Russell Westbrook, who wants to have the ball a ton, and then Anthony Davis, who is one of the better isolation scorers in the sport and sees himself as such. Uh, it's going to take some sacrifice on all three players' part. And one of those things for Russ is going to be trying to find a way to be effective off ball or becoming a better defender so that they can get out on the break a little bit more, those kinds of things. But just in general, how open did you see Russ as in terms of being willing to accept a different role with a team in Washington where Bradley Beal is the guy? I mean, honestly, I don't think I don't think he ever had to do that here. I, I, thought, I yeah. feel like that was more of a thing in Houston because, like, obviously playing with Harden, like, this is the mm-hmm. ISO guy, right? Like, he's he's the guy who has the ball in his hands all the time. That's not necessarily Bradley Beal's game, right? Yeah. Like Brad is, he's comfortable on the ball, but he's probably way better 
off mm-hmm. without the ball. Just just moving, navigating around screens, back cutting, popping open for for jumpers. Like that's his game, and so I, I feel like that played right into Russ's hands in terms mm-hmm. of like having him um, be that primary ball handler for you. Uh, you know, 90 percent of the time when he's on the floor, and and allowing him to make the plays that that he made. And in, um, in Oklahoma City, where we saw him at at his best. Now, there were times where I feel like, um, you know, off the ball, I, I thought he was a little bit better as as a cutter at times. Mm. But like those were typically on like set plays and, and planned actions as opposed to like you know, the sort of random making yeah, the right cut. Yeah. yeah. And that, which, which is something that you need when you're playing with a guy like LeBron, cause he's going to find you. Yeah. Um, and, and so like, I think that's something that it, it's, it's definitely a thing that Russ can do, but like the question that we always have with Russ is that like, will he do this? Like, is this something that, that can be done? Like, do you have to, do you have to bend yourself backwards like Houston did and just totally scrapping the center position to, to make it so that Russ is comfortable enough to be his, his best self. And and that's something like, as far as the Lakers fit, I am concerned about, but he is one of the best point guards of all time. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. anytime you can get a guy like that, I think it, it makes sense to do it. Even if the, the fit isn't necessarily the, the cleanest and and honestly like lebron has a way of of getting guys to to play with him the way that he needs them to play right and and yeah. so like i think the fit is definitely concerning for me but i don't think it's it's open and shut um that you know it it will or it won't work i, I just think they need to to build some stuff around them and and make the roster comfortable for for ad braun and, and russ at the same time which is not the easiest thing to do but they gotta try. They gotta, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta attempt. You gotta make the attempt. They they're gonna have to try. Um, the other thing that I found kind of interesting over the course of this, like in the lead up to the actual trade as it was going down, was so initially the report was if Russ gets moved, it would signal a rebuild for the Washington Wizards, and then. It was, well, if Beal gets moved, Russ is definitely gone because he, uh, there's no point in Russ being a part of a rebuild. And then all of a sudden it was like Russ and Beal reportedly spoke and it was actually Beal saying like, yeah, I think I'm going to stay here um, regardless. And Russ kind of coming to the understanding that uh, he thought it was in his best interest to go to LA too. And, and then lo and behold, the trade happens and the first report that comes out is this actually helps the wizards and their ability to keep Beal around long-term. Did you like, I, I don't know if you saw it documented the same way you were paying a lot more close attention to it from the wizard side of these things. I was just looking at it from, from the Lakers side. Is that what you saw? And if so, like what do you make out of that entire dynamic there? Because the, the, the reputation that, that Russ has is one of one of the best, teammates in the nba all of his teammates sing his praises up and down and say this is the most loyal guy he will go out and die for you whatever and 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 yet we've seen now a few times where stars kind of come to the realization of well what if we brought somebody else in so like how'd that go down from what you were saying no i i I think you've got it right 
um, the the situation it just seemed to be extremely fluid the entire time over like mm-hmm. the last week and a half. Like I, I think it started at first a couple of weeks ago with the reports that like the Lakers were interested in in Russ if if Russ was was to be made available, and then like you get the report that Brad is considering his future with the Wizards and might demand a trade, and then it's like okay if if the Wizards trade Russ, then Brad is gone. If the Wizards trade Brad, then Russ is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, it turns out Brad, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm just staying here. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm very confused by it. I'm like, are you, are you sure? Like, okay. It's okay. If you want to, like, if you want to go, like, that's, that's, that's fine. Um, but like he, he ends up staying and apparently like the wizards feel like, um, this is, this is, and I mean, honestly, it kind of is the first time that, that they'll be able to build a team for Bradley Beal around Bradley Beal because you got to think like when when uh they they signed John Wall to the uh the Supermax Supermax. deal Mm -hmm. in um 2017 after that season and and it kicks in and now you've got this this huge albatross of a contract on a guy who's who's injured yeah he's not playing um and so like you you have very limited flexibility there and then like bradley beal turns into this this star player right this all nba guy that he was last year and 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 you have to figure out a way to to sort of build a team around that dude without um you know spending too much money because you don't have that much room to to navigate and that ended up being the russell westbrook trade right and then you come to this offseason where now you you've got Russ's deal in the books and he was okay last year, like two different halves of the season. But they're fine with running it back. But also, like if you can move that contract and now move forward with Brad, where like now he can get his extension or he can sign his his $235 million deal in free agency next season with the Wizards. And now you can build a team around him and in the best way. Like maybe that's more appealing to Bill. Cause like he always has been like this sort of, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna win a title here. I want to stay here and 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 do this thing. Um, sort of sort of in, in the same way that that Damian Lillard mm-hmm. um has been. And now like you see Dame's kind of regretting that. I think the same thing will happen with Brad eventually if he if he chooses to stay here. But like that's yeah. that's what he's choosing to do. Um, so I don't know. It 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 was definitely a weird uh just been a weird last couple of weeks for the Wizards. But I think now they they have a chance to um to to try and build this thing around Bradley Beal in a way that that they haven't really been able to before. And and that seems to be appealing to him. And and like for for Russ, I think it, it wasn't necessarily a thing of you know Brad not wanting to play with Russ because by all accounts the, his teammates here loved him like yeah Rui Hachimura specifically loves Russell Westbrook like he mm-hmm. that's his that's his guy um, so I don't I don't think it was a thing of like not re- wanting Russ to to be here I think it was just a matter of Russ wanting to to go home to LA and and, and play basketball. And and I think that's that's fine. Like that, yeah, if that's absolutely. something that he's that he's been trying to do for a while now, do it. Like, yeah. According to the reports, I think Ramona Shelburne had him today, where uh, there were the reports that Russ reached out to Kawhi and said, "Hey, let's be Clippers together." And then Ka- <laughs> Kawhi insane. says, "That's a good idea. Actually, I'm gonna go talk to Paul George now." That was uh, <laughs> that's so <laughs> funny to me. That's so funny. To me. I'm sorry. I'm- 
shout out to Russ, man. But like, God, like Kawhi, man. <laughs> like, so some, I can't wait for those Lakers Clippers games now. They're gonna be like, so good. <laughs> Russ so already good. doesn't like Patrick Beverly, and now you get those reports that <laughs> it's one thing for that to have happened, and now everybody knows about it. Like right. I can't. I'm 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 looking forward to that. Um. All right. Last thing before we move on, I want to talk to uh to you a little about shoes. Um, the Lakers send KCP, Trez, and Kuz over there, and then um they also sent the pick, but I think Washington sent it to Indiana. Yeah. Uh, there. I, what was the response to getting KCP, Kuz, and Trez? Like, was it was it like a huh? Well, we didn't think we were going to be able to move Russ's contract, or 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 at least get pieces back for him. Or was there, or was it kind of underwhelming given the fact that it is one of the best point guards ever that was moved and it, you kind of got spare parts back in return for him? Yeah, honestly, it was a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, because like Russell Westbrook's a guy who, even even now um, in the twilight of his prime, is a guy who it, it's very hard to replace. And like you see now, the Wizards are scrambling to find a starting point guard. Like they can't, mm-hmm. they literally just can't, like the Spencer Stay away stuff. from Alex Caruso. <laughs> we have Dennis Look, Schroeder. He's he's available. You can have him. <laughs> nobody nobody <laughs> wants Dennis, but everyone wants Caruso. Like I, I'm I'm not surprised by that, but it is pretty yeah. funny how that turned out. Um, it is weird. Yeah. Uh but yeah, it's it's like you you can't really replace Russ, but now like you've got these these three other players who are pretty good and like you've got a solid rotation for the first time in what feels like at least four years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're not just two, three, four, five, maybe deep. You you now have a, a legit eight or so guys that you can go to um, for for whatever lineups you need. And like you got this new coach now, who's, who's you know, it seems like he's going to do some pretty interesting stuff uh, with with like Denny Avdia and Rui Hachimura and and Bradley Beal. And so like you're you're kind of excited to see how all that works, but like you're also trying to replace Russell Westbrook with a player that is, you know, is competent enough to be a starting point guard in the league. And like all due respect to Aaron Holiday. I, I actually love Aaron Holiday. I'm very Thank happy you. that they made that deal. But like I I don't know if he's a starting point guard. And like maybe he turns into one at some point. Mm-hmm. And maybe that happens here. But like I would be much more comfortable if they went into the season with with someone like an Alex Caruso or a Marcus Smart or a Malcolm Brogdon or whoever you can get, right? Like mm-hmm. just someone who has sort of done this thing before on a high level. Um, and so like, it, it, like I said, it, it, it's a little bit of both. Um, I don't, I, I really, I still don't know exactly how I feel about it. Like I'm excited to see how this team is, is built out, but like, I know it's going to take a minute for it to be a finished product. So I'm just kind of waiting to see. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. Uh, so there are two things. One, we end every show with um, the guest's most embarrassing sports moment. So we'll get to that here in a bit. I'll give you some time <laughs> to think about that. I got, I've um, already got it. <laughs> and then, well, <laughs> I do want to talk to you about um, shoes because because you do have the the special delivery show, and then you have the kicks you wear as your Substack. I have been watching LeBron make shoes now for going on two decades, and. I don't know if it's because he's such a giant basketball, like he's such a big guy and he's so explosive that he is able to wear bigger shoes. What, why can't I like, why, why can't I get behind LeBron's shoes? Like, is it, it like, where do you stand on LeBron's shoes? Cause I feel like it's, it's, 
it's the same shoe that's been made for a really long time. And in terms of like the way that they look, it's just, I don't know if it's just not my thing or, or, or what's going on there. Yeah. LeBron shoe is, is I always call them combat boots. Or they're boots, so big. Like, like they're just huge, man. Like they, they're big, they're thick and, and they're bulky. They're really heavy. It's like, I don't know. It's weird because LeBron is like the six, eight, 200, whatever pound at this mm-hmm. point behemoth of an athlete who is just like incredible and it's it's incredible how he can move on a basketball court while being that size yeah and so so nike is building shoes to to make things more comfortable for him on the floor and i think oftentimes what gets lost in that when you add all this new technology all this battle knit all these zoom pods all these just everything that that goes into lebron's shoe you add all that in there, you kind of forget that like people actually wear these shoes in real life and they, mm-hmm. they do it not to just play basketball, but to just have a shoe to wear. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so like, that's kind of the struggle, not just with LeBron's shoe, but with basketball shoes overall is that like, you have all this technology in them and you know, you need that for the athletes because these guys that's are so used special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's their, that's their primary use. Like you, you've got to have your athletes, uh, as your top priority, because those are your your endorsees, right? Like they they endorse your product, and yeah. because they endorse your product, people. Or in Kyrie's out. case, he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, which which is which is another strange <laughs> thing. Um, but yeah, like LeBron's man, like I honestly the the seven, eight, nine, two, and three are good, but like I I'd scrap the rest of LeBron's line. Honestly, it's mm-hmm. it's 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 been very uh hit or miss throughout his career. But like for the last half decade, it's just been I'm not wearing that. I'm just not wearing that. I can't I, can't, I just can't <laughs> I just can't do it. I'm I'm happy to hear that that you know somebody who knows as much about shoes is 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 aligned with me on this because I've always thought like man this is Nike's most forward facing athlete since Michael and since Kobe, you know, this is this is their dude. He has a billion dollar lifetime contract, I believe, was the report, right? Yeah, yeah. And the shoes are garbage. (laughs) 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 I can't get behind the shoes. It's bad. It's bad. And like the thing is, he can do whatever he wants, right? So like whatever Brian wants his shoe to look like, it can look like that. But like I I think what we're gonna see honestly going forward is like them sort of shifting their focus into lebron retros we're like mm. now you're starting to see like we saw the um the air zoom generation come back in 2017 we saw a little bit of the lebron 2 um come back we, we've seen the seven and the eight now over the last year i think we're just going to see a lot more of that uh going forward and, and kind of less focus on what his his signature line looks like because i mean think about it like this dude's been around since 2003. Like you either, you either are going to buy the shoe or you're not. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on. Yeah. So. I, 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 I get that. All right. So let's wrap this thing up with, um, I don't know if you know, but uh, the, on Twitter, my most embarrassing athletic moment is like right there for everybody to see. Harrison throws it on Twitter at least I'd say three times a week <laughs> is, that, is that that Euro stumble that, that everybody has seen probably at least 37 times by now. So I'm trying to even out the, the, the equation here where my moment is so far out there and I want everybody to I, misery loves company. And I want everybody's story just to be out there as well. 
Uh, so do you have, do you have like a most embarrassing sports moment that you can think of? So this isn't in the middle of an actual sporting event that I was participating in, but one time when Dwight Howard was on the Wizards, I, I like randomly took a charge from Dwight Howard in the locker room and it was very <laughs> painful. It was not oh, fun. Man. Like it was not fun. I didn't, I didn't see him coming at Speaking all. Of like giant human beings. Yeah. Giant human beings. Right. Like he didn't even hit me fully. It was just like half of his arm and I'm just like <laughs> flying back. I'm like, yo, like what's, what just happened? Like I'm, I'm, I'm standing there. Like we're waiting for John Wall to come out and give us quotes or whatever in the locker room. And I'm just chilling. And then like Dwight Howard's coming out and, and he's like getting dressed or whatever. And I'm talking to, to some of, some of my, uh, my media associates and, and we're just chilling. And then Dwight Howard comes through with like a Euro step. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, You're too big to be doing this first of all. <laughs> and then, so I'm just standing there. Cause like, he's right here. And so like, I can't move out of the way because oh, he's, no. he's just too big. Yeah. And so like, if I step this way, I might just trip him up and maybe he gets injured and I never come back to, to Capital <laughs> One Arena. And if I step this way, there are people right here. So I'm just yeah. going to look dumb and stumble over people. So I'm just, I'm just like standing, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to take whatever comes. And then like, I just get this elbow right here <laughs> in my chest. I'm like, dog, like this is, this is so painful. And like, I'm like, this is what these dudes do every night on the night to night basis. Yeah. I can't Especially going do this. against Dwight, like at least hundreds of people have caught that Dwight elbow. Yeah. And I'm, I wasn't trying to be one of them. I wasn't trying to be one of them. And, and, and here I am. And then everyone's just laughing at me like, yo, why didn't you move out of the way? Where was I going to move? Where was I going to move? Y'all? Like, what was I supposed to do? Like, I need to I, know I, more about this. D- did he actually try to take a Euro step? Like, like yeah, he, he's just like, he like legit. Because- like pantomimed a Euro step through the crowd yeah. there. Yes. Oh my like, God. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. It was like the, the, the media scrum was right there and he's coming through. I'm like, why don't you just walk around? First of all, like you could you could easily just do that. And he's just like, no, I'm going to Euro. And here you are. I don't care. Like, boom. I'm just like, ah, my chest. <laughs> like, I, I, I felt it for like, for hours after that. Like, it, and it was crazy. Cause it was just like, literally just a tap. I'm like, mm-hmm. bro, like, I know I'm not like, I, I lift weights. Like I'm, I'm not like a scrawny dude. Like, yeah, I can take a punch, but bro, <laughs> like you're seven feet, whatever. Like, bro, like it's, it was crazy. It was crazy. That was wild. Did you, you, did you stay vertical? Like you didn't hit the floor, right? You no, just, I didn't, you... I didn't hit the floor. I just backed okay. up. Like okay. I probably would have hit the floor if I didn't, <laughs> if I wasn't going to be embarrassed if I did it, but if nobody else was there, you probably like allow yeah. yourself to just pull. Yeah. I'll probably fall back and just, you know, maybe lay there for a bit. But... Did he react? Like, did he, did he, no, say, he just like, kept going. Bad? He just kept no? going. Nah, no, I don't That's even like think the... he knows that he did it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think he knows that he did it. That's that's the crazy part about it. Like if I if 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 I told him about this, like he probably wouldn't. He'd probably be like, "Oh damn, my bad." He didn't even know. Like, All that this story is missing with Dwight is like him farting at some pointing in at some point, during, <laughs> <laughs> and then it's the perfect Dwight story. Yeah, he that could would be have the- just. Walked around. He chose to Eurostep. Dwight, by the way, Eurostepping, like he's so it's big. crazy. It's he's, crazy. He's a giant person. And so, yeah, this is the, this is the, the foremost Dwight Howard story. I appreciate that, man. Thank you for, for telling that. That's great. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's cool. I don't mind um, telling him, telling my embarrassing stories. It, 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 as long as I make people laugh, you know, yeah. they're not well, laughing I mean, at me. They're laughing with me. So 
I have no choice. I, I, you know, anytime I do anything athletic, it's usually embarrassing. So like, I may as well just laugh at it too. All right. Well, well thank you very much, uh, Mike. This was a, this was a blast. I, I really, really appreciate it. Again, you guys got to check out his work for the win is where he does his writing. He does his show special delivery, which is fantastic. If you enjoyed the LeBron shoe stuff, more of that stuff on, on that show. And then as well, he has his Substack, uh, the kicks you wear. So, which is which is also really really fun uh, to read along to as well. Thanks, man, and I uh, I, I look forward to uh, DMing you about how miserable I am dealing with rust stands. <laughs> over the course yeah, of this yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Let me know how that goes. I will share some of my uh, my rust stand troll tactics with you. To, All right, to combat that. <laughs> awesome, can't wait. All right, that's gonna do it for this episode of the Anthony Irwin Show. I'm just gonna throw this up as soon as I get it edited. Uh, because we are heading into free agency and, and things are going to be relevant for about 15 minutes now. So <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to you guys. Uh, I'll talk to you guys later tonight.